Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Just like that, it's over. Welcome in, guys. I'm Michael Borky. Glad to see you on this Tuesday, the Tuesday after. College football ends. Georgia winning the national championship. And uh, don't don't go listen to anything that was said on the radio show yesterday. Just just don't even don't even bother. You don't have to. Uh, I totally and definitely predicted Georgia to win that. One hundred percent. I definitely. Excuse me. Definitely did not pick Alabama and say Alabama was going to win at multiple points during the radio show yesterday. Uh, and definitely did not say it on here either. So, so don't go back and listen. Just take my word for it. All right? Uh, take my word for it. I, I didn't do that. Uh, no, I, I was totally uh, on, on the Kirby Smart train the entire time. Totally on the Kirby Smart train the entire time. And uh, and yeah, so there we go. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought Alabama was going to win the game. They had chances to. They were up. Late in the fourth quarter, and then a flurry of mistakes from Alabama led to Georgia winning the national championship. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about that, and really mostly that. However, I did see some of the way too early top 25s. I'm not going to go through like the the way too early ones, but I will give you a very sobering list of teams that can actually, actually win next year's national championship. It's pretty sad, but it is the reality of the sport. Either way, you want to be a part of this. I would love for you to be a part of this. Uh, like Randall. Like Randall here. You want to comment, you got to do it on YouTube or Facebook. Randall says it told you to look at the math. Yes, he did. Uh, Randall liked Georgia yesterday, and uh, he was right, and I was wrong. But you want to be like him, you got to hop on over to YouTube or Facebook. If you're on Twitter, you can't watch, or you can't comment, and I would love for you to. This is more fun when you guys drive the conversation. So hop on over to YouTube to search my name and subscribe to the YouTube channel, or on Facebook, like my Facebook page. Excuse me. Uh, Like my Facebook page, and uh, follow on Twitter if you want. If you haven't already, and wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, or my name's Turnip Results, subscribe there. I am everywhere. You can't escape me, even if my prognostications are incorrect. Uh, That will not be the last time. Just, (laughs) Just a heads up. So... Uh, John says, ESPN article about Bama had a bad day with so many injuries. Please, if anyone can survive a player or two going down, it's Alabama. Yeah, I mean, missing your top two wide receivers and a bunch of defensive backs is is tough to overcome. Uh, But Alabama had chances to win that game even despite the injuries, and Georgia outplayed them. I mean, you know, call it what it is, make excuses for Alabama. But Georgia was the better team yesterday. Alabama could not run the football. Georgia was more physical, especially as the game went on. Georgia was having great success running the football. Georgia was getting uh, to Bryce Young, and they weren't letting Alabama run. Uh, You know, you can talk about missing wide receivers and missing defensive backs, but you got owned, owned in the trenches. Georgia won that game because they won the line of scrimmage, usually how, how winning football goes. 
And that's what happened last night. I understand, like, missing uh, Williams and missing Mechie is a big deal. Missing defensive backs is a big deal. But Alabama lost that game in the trenches. Georgia was the better team on the lines of scrimmage, and that's why they won that game. So, you know, make excuses for Alabama and injuries if you want, but that's not what lost them the game. A couple of bad decisions, too, from Bryce Young also. A couple of really bad decisions uh, from Bryce Young. But um, they got beat up front. They got beat up front. Uh, This is, yeah, college football's over. It is over. And this, sadly, is a uh, very boring and predictable ending to what I thought was a really fun and enjoyable season. Uh, David Pollock shared a clip yesterday, reshared a clip, I should say, from College Game Day on August 30th. College Game Day on August 30th, when they were doing their picks to make the playoff. On August 30th. Every single one of them had Alabama and Georgia in the playoff. Every single one of them. This was a very predictable game. And Georgia winning the national championship because they have far and away the best roster in the sport is sadly a very predictable ending. I thought the season was great. But back on August 30th, you and me and everybody else knew that this was the likely outcome. It was Alabama and Georgia. They were the two best teams in college football. They met the national championship, and Georgia uh, prevailed. And what was a pretty entertaining game, I actually enjoyed the game itself, but a very predictable, sadly predictable ending to what I thought was a great season. But at the end of the day, you saw, or I saw a couple of uh, sports writers talk about Early in the game when it was 9-6, to six, when it was a field goal fest, about how, oh man, yeah, we really needed this rematch. All sarcastic about the rematch, but who else belonged in that spot? You know, if you're going to whine and complain about who was there, well, who else deserved to be there? Those were clearly the two best teams in the sport by a pretty wide margin. You can, like I do, Uh, complain about the lack of parity in the sport and hope something gets done about that. But when you talk about how that rematch shouldn't have happened, what are you suggesting? If those two teams should not have met in the national championship, please present me an argument that says that they were not the two best teams in college football deserving of being in that spot. I saw some of that. I just rolled my eyes. Yeah, the first half of the game was a field goal fest, but Come on, man. Did you watch the semifinal games? Did you see what Alabama did to Cincinnati? They toyed with them. They just toyed with them. Cincinnati didn't have a shot in that game to win. Not a shot. They just toyed with them. And I know Cincinnati was the media darling, and they I believe they deserved their spot. But look at what Alabama did to them. And then Michigan with the Heisman Trophy runner-up Aiden Hutchinson uh, just this media-created darling got absolutely dominated by Georgia. They did not belong on the field with Georgia. The score was closer than the actual game. And you, while you watched that last night, thought, yeah, no, we didn't need this rematch. I agree that it, it's boring. It was a predictable end to the season. We all knew back in the summer. All of us knew back in the summer that Alabama and Georgia were going to make the playoff. Everybody talked about it. Everybody, I mean, we knew this was coming. But if you watched that game and thought, no, nah, the, the rematch was bad. We don't need the, the rematch. This, then, then present me an argument for somebody else being in that position. 
because those were the two best teams in college football by a wide margin, a very, 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 very wide margin. So when you say something sarcastic about, yeah, we really needed this rematch, present present a, an argument that shows somebody else belonged because nobody else belonged. Those were the two best teams. They have been the two best teams really all season long. Ohio State was cute for a second. Michigan was cute for a second. And we loved Cincinnati. But let's be honest. These were the two best teams in college football. And, uh, yeah, it was boring at first. Ended up being a great game, by the way. The game was fun. It was really fun. High-level athletes on, on both defenses, man. I mean, Nicobe Dean and his speed and Georgia's speed at the linebacker position. I mean, you know, when you get a bunch of five stars, you, you're going to have a bunch of elite-level athletes. But, man, uh, that was a high-level football game. That was uh, what I was hoping for. We got some drama. The game kept you. Uh, big turnovers, big plays, controversial. Did he fumble? Did he not fumble? As he's throwing the football, did he lose it before his arm started coming forward? Uh, we had it all. I mean, I thought it was that was a pretty good national championship, all things considered. Uh, predictable outcome, boring opponents, hell of a high-level football with a bunch of soon-to-be NFL players all over the field. Uh, so at least we had that. The Stetson Bennett story is really awesome. It is really awesome. I mean, that guy has no business or had no business being a national championship winning quarterback. The the narrative going into this game, I mean, I've seen it at multiple different places, and they even talked about it leading up to this game, about how I don't know how like ESPN can put these packages together about Bryce Young and people doubting him. The Bryce Young story, or, or they want the Bryce Young story to be what Stetson Bennett's story actually is. Did you guys see that in the lead up to the game about how nobody believed in Bryce Young and he's had doubters his whole life, even though he was the highest rated recruit that Alabama's ever had? And <laughs> I mean, he got a, an offer to play Division One football when he was 14 years old. Nobody has ever doubted Bryce Young. And that narrative that that keeps getting pushed and pushed in, in these lead-ups, uh, nobody, believed, nobody believed in me. And I have a bunch of doubters and haters. Who are those people? Who are the people that have doubted and hated Bryce Young beside trolls on Twitter with first name, bunch of numbers as their handle? No real person has ever doubted Bryce Young. Everybody doubted Stetson Bennett. Bryce Young has been been at the top of his position in his sport since he was 14 years old. Cliff Kingsbury offered him when he was a child. When he was 14, got his first Division I scholarship offer. He's been the highest level recruit, goes to Alabama, starts as a redshirt. I mean, look, look at this. Stetson Bennett's story is what people try to convince you Bryce Young's story is. Nobody wanted Stetson Bennett. He had to wear, to get noticed at camps because he was so small, uh, he wore a uh, a mailman's hat at camps so people would notice him because his size, his speed, his arm strength, all that stuff, none of it jumped off the page. He had to get noticed somehow, so he wore a mailman's hat. 
to these scouting camps so people would pay attention to him, so he would stand out. He, he goes to Georgia as a walk-on, obviously not going to play much, goes to Jones, wasn't even, I mean, he, you know, wasn't like a standout at Jones College in Jones County, Mississippi, in the junior college ranks, goes back to Georgia, still a walk-on, uh, some injuries happen, he gets playing time, Everybody doubted him. He had no business whatsoever being the starting quarterback at Georgia. And look at what he did. And look at what he became. That's the story that people are are pushing on Bryce Young. Stetson Bennett had doubters during the national championship game. I've talked about it before with you guys. I'll say it again. When you say, when you imply that Uh, JT Daniels should have been playing last night. You are saying, again, that Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin were actively choosing not to play their best option at the most important position on the field. Yeah, yeah, Stetson Bennett looked a little shook earlier in the game because Alabama was getting great pressure on Georgia early in that football game. But how can you see anything that JT Daniels has done besides his recruiting profile from years ago and think that during the national championship game, now is the time to put him in, and then that would have been the magic formula for Georgia to win. I I don't understand why people thought that they should make the change during that game. What has JT Daniels shown you that proves that he would have produced any better than what you got from Bennett last night. It's crazy. It, the people suggesting that, that Daniel should have started last night when he hasn't played all season, what are you talking about? What are you watching? Why do you think that JT Daniels would have been the magic formula? I'm so happy for Stetson Bennett. Like, There's nothing about last night's game that makes me happy. I couldn't care less, honestly. It's whatever. I, I mean... The two coaches that are warning us about the NIL era when, I mean, Kirby Smart has amassed the most expensive roster in college football history, Um, (laughs) which play the game. You guys know me. That's the game. You got to play it. You got to do what it takes to build rosters. Not a hater, just pointing it out. Uh, That's what you got to do. But uh, (laughs) the the implication that that Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin were actively sitting their best option. It's crazy to me. I, I There's nothing about last night that makes me happy. Couldn't care less. Whatever. Most talented teams, they have more advantages than anybody else. Nick Saban's the greatest to ever live. Georgia is doing things in recruiting that nobody else, at least before this year, that nobody else was able to do. Thanks to NIL, people like Texas A&M can enter the fold and at least make recruiting a little bit more competitive. But nothing about last night excited me. I have no feelings about the winner. No feelings about the winner. Uh, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. But I'm happy for Stetson Bennett today. That guy was doubted. Led his team to a national championship game. And during the national championship game, when they're down by a field goal, you still have people saying he sucks. Play his backup that hadn't proven a damn thing. You still had that while he was on the field quarterbacking a team in the national championship, a team that he led there. Yeah, George is great defensively, but he still played quarterback on that team that got there. Still had people doubting him. Had to go to junior college just to get playing time. He's undersized, 
doesn't have the arm strength, has been doubted his entire life, had to wear a mailman's hat to get noticed, walk on at Georgia, been a Georgia fan his entire life, and he's the guy that played quarterback for that team that won their first national championship in 41 years. I'm happy for that guy. You saw the emotions on the sidelines. That made me feel a little something last night. I had no emotions until Stetson Bennett, and it's not like I cried or anything, but I actually felt something for somebody on that field, and it was Stetson Bennett because that kid had been doubted his entire life, the amount of things that people were saying about him during the game, and he goes out there and throws a couple of touchdown passes, and after, played his best football, after he fumbled into the arms of an Alabama defender, giving Alabama the go-ahead touchdown, that's when he played his best football, rose to the occasion, the walk-on that nobody wanted, that nobody cared about. I'm happy for that kid. I really am. That That is the one emotion that I've got, is I'm happy for Stetson Bennett, because that dude has had a bunch of haters and a bunch of doubters, and he threw, oh, he was 17-26, to 26, and he struggled early, but those two touchdowns, no interceptions, and his team won a national championship. Good for that dude. Good for that dude. And stop talking about JT Daniels. Stop talking about JT Daniels. He would not have done any better, probably would have done worse because uh, the coaches at Georgia see him every day. I think they would know. Uh, There's a reason Todd Munkin was an NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, I I wouldn't doubt those guys. Like, it's fair to doubt coaches that are on, that are coaching losing teams when they're playing the wrong quarterback. Sure. Like that makes a little bit more sense. But when they're in the position they're in with the team that they've got, and the way Bennett has played, keep calling for JT Daniels, and a kid like that's going to keep proving you wrong. That was good stuff. That was really good stuff last night. Zach says, it's not too late to take the Heisman Trophy back and give it to the entire Georgia defense. <laughs> You're not kidding, man. Well, and you can call it Ben, but don't break if you like. Alabama in the red zone was awful uh, last night. Awful. And uh, if they just execute a little bit better in the red zone, they win that game. But credit to the Georgia defense for getting stops. It's not like uh, Bryce Young just missed wide-open receivers or whatever. They they really buckled down and got pressure uh, when Alabama hit the red zone, and, and that was that was your difference in the game. Alabama couldn't protect as well as they could in the SEC championship game, uh, and, and that was your difference, and that led to some field goals, and that uh, – that was the difference in the game. But, yeah, I mean, Will Anderson was the best player on the field to me still. But, yeah, man, um, that Georgia defense. It just cut the Heisman into pieces or just, like, 3D print a bunch of small ones and give them all to the uh, to the Georgia defense. I had a little fun last night with uh, – the clip from Joel Klatt on Colin Cowherd's show years ago when he said that there is a Nick Saban problem in Alabama. Here, I'll actually I'll play that for you right here. I'm pulling it up right now. They have a Nick Saban problem in Alabama. They have a Nick- I mean, oh, man. And then uh, also I shared uh, a screenshot of a Dan Wolken column from many years ago also that said Alabama's dynasty looks like it's over. I, I'm so glad we get an off-season of takes about 
about Alabama and Nick Saban and is this a changing of the guard in the SEC and stuff like that? I can't wait. I, I can't wait to see it. The dynasty is over. Nick Saban has lost his edge. He was smiling during his press conferences leading up to the game, and that shows that he's lost his edge. And is Kirby Smart overtaking Nick Saban and all that stuff, all this stuff that people say every time Alabama dares lose a football game, we're going to keep – we're going to have an offseason of takes, and I can't wait. Yeah, Memphis Rebel, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, Nick Saban dared lose a football game, and he smiled after he lost that game. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually a pretty cool moment uh, when when Saban said, you kicked our ass in the fourth quarter, and what did he say? I'm proud of you and stuff. like that, that was a pretty cool moment on the field there. But people are going to spit it as a changing of the guard, and Georgia has overtaken Alabama as college football's premier program, and Joel Clatt will go back on Cowherd and say something about Nick Saban losing his edge, and they have a Saban problem. They're, they're going to do all this, and none of that is true. Not a single bit of it is true. Alabama, I would put them as preseason favorite all next year, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to have an offseason of takes about Alabama because we've gotten them before, and they were ridiculous then as they will be now, and I can't wait. Yeah, there's a Nick Saban problem at Alabama. He should just go ahead and retire. <laughs> Lost his edge. He should just go ahead and retire. Uh, yeah, the dynasty's over for sure. Uh, he should just go and retire. But I did see that. I thought that was actually a pretty cool moment when uh, when they met on the field. But anyway, so George is the national champion. Kirby Smart gets the uh, the monkey off his back. 41 years since Georgia last won their national championship. And... Um, and they're probably only going to get better because I think quarterback play, I love the Stetson Bennett story. I respect the hell out of them. Uh, they've got some more talented guys coming in or very young already there, and, and Georgia's going to continue to be elite. That's that's what they are now. Um, they can't not be as good as they are with how well they've recruited. And The pre-NIL era was great to Georgia. And uh, we'll see what the post-NIL era is like for Georgia. Probably more of the same. But anyway, when you look at next season, I'm not going to entertain the way-too-early top 25 stuff. Uh, somebody sent me on Twitter last night, Mark Schleybaugh's uh, way-too-early predicted order of finish in the SEC. Let's see what he had. I, I like Mark Schleybaugh, so I'll give this a little bit of time. Why not? Um, Mark Schleybaugh had... Alabama 1, Texas A&M 2, Arkansas 3, Ole Miss 4, LSU 5, Auburn 6, Mississippi State 7. Um, I wouldn't put Mississippi State 7th, personally. I, I will put Auburn 7th. Um, I wouldn't put Arkansas 3rd, especially with what they're losing on the back end of their defense. Um, Arkansas is a nice story, but look, does the production match the story? Does the production match what people think of the program? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think they're ready yet to finish third in the West. Personally, I, I don't. And if you think LSU is not going to be a lot better, then you're crazy. But either way, um, I wouldn't put State at seventh. Uh, I do think there is going to be this offseason a bit of a false narrative about what State returns offensively. 
because it's been said a lot that everybody's back. Oh, they return. Basically, everybody's back on offense. That's that's definitely not true. Uh, they lose their record-breaking wide receiver in Makai Polk. The, the most productive receiver in school history is gone, and you lose your first-round pick left tackle and your right tackle. That's not returning basically everybody. Now, do I think they'll finish last in the West? Hell no, I don't. But there, there's going to have to be some humbling, I think, that's going to have to happen this offseason uh, with, with both programs here. I think you're going to see similar results. I think both teams are going to be kind of on equal footing, uh, you know, four losses somewhere in there. Uh, but this idea that, you know, state returns everybody on offense, I don't think is true. Now, of course, Ole Miss doesn't, uh, the running back room, Zach Evans helps, but you know, Snoop and Ely being gone hurts. Matt Corral is, that's, it's a tough loss. I mean, more than a tough loss. That's it's crazy. Uh, what he did for that program. Maybe they'll get Jackson Dart. Defense should be really good. But no, State's not going to finish last in the West. I don't think Ole Miss is either. I think Auburn will. Uh, and I'm not as a believer in Arkansas as other people, but we'll see. Anyway, point being, who can win the national championship? This is what sucks about college football. This is why I say the, the postseason is college football's worst product. Because we're going to have a great season. We're going to have upsets. We're going to have field storming. The bands are going to be playing. All this stuff is going to happen in college football. Just like this year, it's going to be a hell of a season with upsets, field storming, great teams, all that. We're going to have it all. But the postseason sucks, and here's why. If you told me to list how many teams can win a national championship next year, how many teams actually win a national championship in college football next year, how many would you list? How many would you list? Because next year, I think it's two. Uh, well, from, excuse me. No. It's two from the SEC. We'll see about AM and the quarterback position. They've recruited Willie w- really well. I don't think they're there yet. I think from the SEC, it's Georgia and Alabama. I think from the ACC, it's Clemson, and that's kind of a fringe pick. We'll see if they get better at quarterback. From the Big Ten, it's Ohio State. That's one. Uh, and I will, Serena. I'll, I'll get to your question because I think it's a good question. Um, so two from the SEC, one from the ACC, one from the Big Ten. Any? Really, truly win the national championship from the Big 12? No. The answer is no. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley, if Caleb Williams goes there, becomes – a, a playoff contender, no doubt, but a title contender? I don't think so. But we'll throw them in there. Why not? So what are we at? Two from the SEC, ACC, Big Ten. I think there's one that can actually win it. Uh, maybe Southern Cal. There's probably five teams that actually have the talent, the quarterback play, and the coaching to win a national championship to either beat Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. That's it. I mean, that that's what's so sobering about the state of college football is when you talk about teams that can actually win, not make the playoff because – I think Southern Cal can make the playoff. I think, hell, Texas might even be able to make the playoff. There are more teams in the SEC, like Texas A&M, that could conceivably make the playoff. But win it, six teams, maybe. Six teams, at best, that can win the national championship. That's really sobering, but that's what we're going to get. Leading up to the season, it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. 
Clemson. Those will be your favorites to win the national championship, and those are the only teams that can actually get it done. That's sobering. Things are changing a little bit with AM recruiting better and, you know, Kentucky recruiting better and Notre Dame's recruiting well. And, you know, we'll see. But you know what we're going to get. We all know what we're going to get next year. We all know what we're going to get. And it's the same damn teams competing for the highest honor. The rest of the season is going to be great, but the playoff is going to be the same thing next year. It's going to be the same thing. Watch. It will be. All right. Let's turn the page to Ole Miss here. Thanks to uh, Serena. For, uh, for the question, curious what you think, know about the talk about possibi- the possibility of Barney Ferrer and Chris Kiffin returning to Ole Miss. So, as far as I understand it, uh, unless something changes, I expect Chris Kiffin to be the next defensive line coach, probably code DC as well uh, at Ole Miss. I mean, Black Monday happened in the NFL. Um uh, he could get another NFL gig or keep the one he's got, I suppose. But um, there's a lot of talk about him, you know, looking at real estate in Oxford and stuff like that. Um, I think that is more likely uh, than Barney returning to Ole Miss. I kind of expect that to happen, truthfully. Uh, I, I could be wrong, and things could change. When Once you get an NFL job, you tend to want to keep NFL jobs. Uh, but there was a lot of smoke in – with that much smoke, I tend to believe that it's going to turn into fire. On the Barney thing, other people that cover the program have said that they they think it's unlikely that it happens. Uh, maybe that is. If I were Lane Kiffin, I'm hiring him two weeks ago. Uh, he would already be on my staff working. And uh, there are some people that object to that. I even have a friend that's like, why would you want a a guy like that back in your program? Because the NCAA is going to camp out in Oxford again. But what can the NCAA do? What what can they do? Uh, Especially because he's the guy that fell on the sword for Ole Miss, specifically Hugh Freeze. Um, But what can they do now? Paying players is legal. So they're going to camp outside of Oxford and just watch NIL deals get made, which is within their rules. I, I don't understand the reluctance to hire somebody like that. Uh, his his personality, his connections, his ability to get players, if he is on your staff, if he's like the GM or whatever, um, that's a recruiting boost in your program. Screw the NCAA. I, I would hire him. I would hire him two weeks ago. He would be on my staff. With his connections in this state and his ability to connect with people, Uh, There's a reason he's a great recruiter, and it's not just because of money. Uh, Dude's a relationship builder and a good one, and high school coaches in this state just love that dude and respect that dude. He would be on my staff. Don't care about past NCAA violations. Paying players is legal now. Hire him yesterday. Doesn't seem like they're going down that road. Things could change. Uh, Apparently, they have spoken, but I I don't know what that means, Uh, but I would hire him. I would hire him today. It would be done already. It would be done. Isn't it time for Barney to retire? If he wants to keep coaching, he'd be on my staff. So unless he decides he wants to retire, if he wants to keep coaching, he would be on my staff already. And Serena says, agree, hire Masap and Chris. They're both top-notch guys. They'll get players. They'll get players, and that's kind of the goal, right? You need players to win, and those two will get players. Um, curious about the Kiffin thing. I, I don't know uh, – what he's going to do, but I do know that, you know, he has looked into 
where to live if he does in fact move to Oxford. So it's it's gotten down to that point already. I would hire them both. I would hire them both uh, if Chris Kiffin is willing to leave the NFL. Because once you're in, you're kind of always in. But if he's willing to leave, uh, I would hire him. And I would hire Barney. Because what got them out of college coaching is legal now. So bring them back and get players and go win. And also, if you're good enough to coach NFL defensive linemen, you can... You, if you're trusted with NFL defensive linemen as a coach, then you'll probably do a pretty damn good job with college players as well. It's a bit of a different game in the NFL. So, yeah, I would hire them both. Uh, the Kiffin thing seems a hell of a lot more real than Barney, but I would, uh, I would hire them both. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just find me on YouTube. Subscribe there. And uh, I'll be on the radio this afternoon as always. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning. See you then. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.